Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello, and welcome to the Argestes edition of Slate Money Succession, episode six. Everything goes sideways. We thought we had a deal. Maybe we didn't have a deal. I am Felix Salmon of Axios. I'm here with Emily Peck of HuffPo. Hello. And guess what, people? HuffPost. Oh, HuffPost. Sorry, I'm not allowed to call it the Huffington Post anymore, so now I'm calling it HuffPo, but apparently it's HuffPost. Please That's go on sidebar. and introduce our amazing guest. Taffy Brodessa Agna needs a, literally no introduction because she's the most famous person in the world. She has a TV series. <laughs> she has a best-selling novel. She has more like celebrity profiles under her belt than most of us have had hot dinners. She is an expert on all things wealth and society. I would say. Medium. So, and, and most importantly, for the purposes of our current conversation, she is a massive succession stan. And Huge. Specifically, a Jerry uh, stan. A, please. A Jerry, I live or die by Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start there, shall we? Like, what is it about Jerry that you love so much? I love that she is just trying to survive. I love that she, that like personal information only comes out from her. When, as a character, personal information only comes out when it's necessary, like when she's being blackmailed by Shiv at Shiv's wedding. And Shiv is like, you're my godmother. And we're like, yeah, what? <laughs> and she's like, you were married. Don't you have any advice? And she's like, well, my husband died. And we're like, what? You know, and I, I love that. I love that, like, she has no expectation of of being anything but a sideline character. And that is where... She steals every scene. I just love her. And I also love her looks of incredulousness. Oh, those are wonderful. She, like, the, her when, incredulousness. When is Roman calls her a mole woman and she just looks at him. Right. And then later, she's like, bye, rock star. <laughs> bye, mole woman. That's the closest thing that succession comes to like an, a successful relationship. Yeah, so yeah. I have so many questions. Well, first, I admire Jerry also because she is three steps ahead of everything, especially in this episode. Yes. She knew to call Shiv. As soon as, like, this Me Too on the cruise thing is going down, yeah. she's like, we need a lady to no come brainer. in here. Can't be me. No Can't brainer. be the lawyer lady. It's got to be Shiv. Call Shiv. She's three steps ahead. Right. She asks Roman to go schmooth with the the Saudi stand-in guy, the rich guy with As the Azerbaijani. Yes. And and she's like, you never know. You don't know what's going to happen in the next few hours. And how right. 36 the next hours. 36 I don't know what the next 36 hours looks like. Oh, my God. How right <laughs> she was. How right she was. She was. Yet at the same time, I believe that she feels affection for Roman. Am I just deluded? Is she just playing the game really well? Does she feel the affection? Is she the equivalent of like Jacob Rees-Mogg's nanny? Who? May, I mean, may, <laughs> she, I feel like it might be the most interesting thing to happen to her. His like weird masturbation crush obsession with her. Yeah. 
And that she does have some affection for him because he's like, look what his father did to him this time. Oh, my God. We should he talk was about like that right defending away. his father and his father without even looking at him. Just what a tooth, a tooth. Do you know how hard you have to be hit to jostle a per- like a rich person's tooth? I kind of didn't <laughs> believe that part. But it was a. <laughs> I, I admire your skepticism. But, no, I mean, I was shocked. I took, I was like, I took really? their word took for it. You can, you can whack someone hard in the mouth, they can lose a tooth. But, yeah. like, sure. he's so, Logan is so ill throughout this episode. He's throwing up in the restaurant behind the menu into a cup. Yeah. Um, he's not feeling well. The heat lamp is making him schwitz a little. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I was a little skeptical that he could knock his son's tooth out. But fine, 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 fine. I think you find, I think you find reserves of strength. I think <laughs> when you're very when you're angry, at your, like, yeah. I mean, youngest if, child. if you're gonna have like a weightlifting competition among all of the members of the Roy family, like I would not be surprised to see Logan win that competition. But also, what's what's interesting about it to me is that the anger came from Roman expressing the frustration that was his father's due to express. Like that, that seems to me that the real capital on this show is who is allowed to say what they think. And you saw it in the first scene when when he gives Kendall, he's like, go go tell those lawyers. And he yells on the private plane. He goes in and he yells at the lawyers and he just keeps going. And then it becomes like a dad speech. Like, I'm very disappointed in you. Oh my God, that line was amazing. Pour the shit I'm pouring over you onto your minions. Uh-huh. I'm very disappointed. He, he goes... Quote, everything you do is fucking bullshit, and I'm very disappointed in you. It's like, (laughs) what? (laughs) It's like, that's what it's like to be raised by Logan Roy. You're fucking me here. I'm making good faith fucking assessments to my father, and you're making me look like a hack, and I will not have it. Stop sucking each other off back here and get fucking on it. You pour the shit I'm pouring on you, on your fucking minions, and you ride them. I don't care. 24 hours, rolling shifts, crack the fucking whip. Everything you're doing is fucking bullshit, and I'm very disappointed in you. I swear to God, I will fucking fire you if you keep monkeying around. Put the fucking snacks away. I don't want to fucking hear it! We've been circling for a fucking hour. Tell them we're running out of gas! And then he immediately goes back into the cabin, and then Logan starts yelling. Yeah. It was like the shit is just pouring down, 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 down. It's downhill. But I feel like when Logan says something like that, he means it, and people are scared. And when Kendall says something like that, everyone goes like, that's hilarious. Right. Like, he's he's imitating somebody with power. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But the the lawyer that he's yelling at, the face on that lawyer, rage and anger. I I felt it. I know. I've looked like that. For sure. I, I, I feel like that inside. That's my inside face. <laughs> For sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. They all hate him, obviously. Yeah. But no one looks at Logan like that. Because Logan is just a, con- like, like Logan is the reason they're there. Kendall is just a condition of being there. Yeah. Right? But let's talk about Marsha, because you're talking about this oh whole this whole question of who gets to say what they think. And it's Marsha who walks in, you know, with a look of fury on her face, right next to her husband and looks straight at Shiv and goes, that was too much. And that was like, she clearly has power and and like she's way scarier when she says that than Kendall ever is in a plane. Marsha seems to me to be all over the place. It's the only thing, it's my, it's the only thing I can think of critically of the show, which as you know, 
I, I the show is aspirational for me. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> you, you aspire to being a member of the Roy family. I, I, it's, I aspire to that kind of wealth. Like all the things the show does to indicate that it's disgusting <laughs> only makes me want it more. <laughs> I'm like, like, okay. I mean, yeah, it's a waste of food. <laughs> when they throw but, away the shrimp. But yeah, but no, when they throw away the everything in that in episode. In like episode one. Yeah. yeah. But look at the house and look how look how they have people to call to check out the chimneys. That's a that's a life I want. I want I want a life where the plumber comes just because I called. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that now. <laughs> but you will soon with you, your new team. What you're really getting is you're getting my last the last grass. But would you guest. trade? I mean, these people, they have no love. They don't know how to love. They are the worst people in the world. Would you trade all that? Would you become the worst person in the world in order to, to be able to call the plumber? I would be a Pierce. <laughs> Fair. I would be more of a Pierce. But, uh-huh. but the Pierces are not exactly good people. But neither am I. Neither are any of us. Yeah. Who's, a, who's a good, <laughs> good person? person? Who's a good person? I'm not who, saying good or bad person, saying? but like just <laughs> lack of joy and love and connection human connection the the roys don't have that except maybe roman I has think it the with roys, jerry no i think the the roys have incredible human connection and they all work in symbiosis with each other i think they're a very close family and you see it from the like from in the first season in the is it in the hospital where shiv and roman get into like a fist fight <laughs> that's like I'm very close with my sisters and that could happen I did enjoy so um, the animating the thing that, that that Roman gets hit over is because towards the end of the episode when they're at Argestes which I assume is like the Aspen Ideas Festival or something it's, Sun, it's Herb Allen's Sun Valley Media Conference okay great so there's this whole debate who's going to speak because they've been totally scandalized and shamed because of this Me Too story on the cruise ship which involves not only Uncle Mo, Uncle Mo, Uncle Mo, requiring women to have sex with him to give them jobs, but also like the death of a woman, yeah, off of the ship into water, which I have to believe is somehow connect. Like they're doing something with the death in the water, right? right. We had the manslaughter, now we have the right. women falling off ships thing. The so Chappaquiddick just doesn't ever leave this yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, leading up to this, there's um a talk that. Kendall and Roman were going to give about something that has no consequence, some corporate speech yeah. talk. I don't remember what it was. And then Shiv is Continuity asked. Continuity in the age of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Shiv is asked, like, you please be the face of this scandal because no one ever says it explicitly. But obviously it's because she is a woman, a younger woman, and she's not tainted by all the patriarchy bad. And the stuff. person who asks her the most persuasively is Rhea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes have you have to spend the capital. Sometimes you keep yeah, the Yeah, sometimes you spend the time earning the capital. But, yeah, but which, of course, is like, whose side is Rhea on? I Rhea's think, side. Can we just, well, that's, what was going on with Rhea? Was it just about money? Why was Rhea so, like, from from day one, when this whole thing started, and Logan is like, I'll deal with Rhea, and then Shiv turns to Logan and says, wait, who does Rhea work for again? Yeah. And and to all the way through this mm-hmm. episode where Logan is constantly all over Rhea saying, like, Rhea, let's do this. You know what I need. You need mm-hmm. to do this for me. Like, what leverage does Logan have over Rhea? Why is Rhea suddenly more keen to do this deal than he is? Doesn't so she get keen. multi-million dollar payout if the deal goes through well, or something? Maybe that's she, it. Okay, so a caveat to my my aspiration toward all this wealth is that I believe I would know when I had enough money. And I think, <laughs> and I think that Rhea probably has paid millions and millions of dollars, right? That's 
one assumes. One assumes uh-huh. that she's paid that much money. Maybe she has a chip on her shoulder from being the CEO of a family business and not being in the family. Like you saw how angry she got that she wasn't on a family call. Mm-hmm. Like she right. was hurt by it because all this confirmation that she's really just not family. Because mm-hmm. she sees the way – what's the what's – the, well, What's that Cherry we, Jones's name again? Nan. 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 She sees the way Nan is always – like it is treats everyone like family, but she wants to be familier, right? Oh, maybe. Maybe uh, she also she. What did she say? Her father used to do not a bricklayer, but she tells um, asbestos plant. Yes, yeah. works as asbestos, so it's all gravy for her. So gravy, maybe baby. she has that like like she wants more money because. But also, like can have we have seen enough of the Pierce family to know that they're not great people. They're all kind of hideous in their own way, and she has. You know, as she said, like, you've got to know when to spend the capital. If she has made her fuck you money, this is her 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 opportunity to say fuck you to the Pierces, which she actually does at the end of the show when Nan basically just looks Logan in the eye and says, no, this deal's off. It's not happening. Rhea, far from, like, being the supportive CEO, turns to Nan and says, oh, Nan, come on, calm down. She tells her boss to calm to down. Calm down. Honestly, never say that. Never tell anyone to calm down. Ever. <laughs> like, calm down should 30, be a You should thing. know that. Yeah. You never tell anyone to calm There's down. There's no it such thing as calm works. down. Oh, it just nothing makes people calm down less than saying calm down to a person. But that's, I mean, it almost reminded me of when Shiv like deliberately got fired by Gil. You know, that was rare, yeah. just like deliberately just saying, okay, fire me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I wondered if she had some kind of deal. With Logan, where she would come on board Waystar Royco after the after this closed with Pierce, or I, even I if it doesn't close, I, thought, I mm-hmm. think that she was trying to show Logan how much power she had, and she misstepped. Mm. She thought Nan would be folksy with her, and Nan was not folksy with her. I mean, it's another example of how someone like Nan or Logan. They have the power. Everyone else is power adjacent. Like they might think they have some stuff and they can pour shit on the other guys. But at the end of the day, there's only the people who own the capital truly have the power. And now Sandy Furness is going to get the company. But he has syphilis. syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) The MySpace of STDs. The MySpace of STDs. (laughs) I love Tom. Tom, I believe more that I think that people think that Greg represents us. I think Tom does. I think they both do. They like don't it, it, don't, don't put that on me. I'm putting it on all of. Them. I mean, the us of the viewer. That's actually just me. That Greg <laughs> is the one who is just kind of like a liberal leaning guy who can't say no but can't stop saying yes and is now on coke. <laughs> um, whereas Tom is the guy who's like, here is how this corrupts a person who is lucky to be here, meaning not born into it. Like, here, human furniture. Like, this is what I'm supposed to want to do. In an alternate universe, I would say that Greg didn't really exist. He was a figment of Tom's imagination. (laughs) But there's already the Greg the Egg thing. I'm just (laughs) saying, it would have been a good idea. I mean, there's so many great Tom moments in this episode. Tom, and I know we just... They're Tom and Greg together. We (laughs) hear now. So maybe it's like ATN. We're here for you, and here spelled H-E-A-R. We're here for you? That's just gibberish. We're here for you. Okay, we here for you. So that might be like, we 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 here for you, man, because you don't need to hear we here. Yeah, we, we also, also, we here for you. 
It's good because it's like it's not clear exactly what the hell it means. So lots of wiggle room. Yes. We here for you. We here for you. So it would be bad <laughs> to say we are listening because we are in fact listening. Do you know what it reminded me of? Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Verizon used to have a product called ISIS. Does anyone remember that? I do not remember that. Verizon had, like, I think it was one of their jetpacks. Like, try the Verizon ISIS. Oh, no. And I remember the tweet that was like, please, we are changing it. <laughs> we are changing it right away. We here for you. <laughs> we here for you. I, my, my favorite Tom line in the episode was when he when, when Shiv tells him that, like, the scandal's going, going down. He goes, are they scapegoating me? Is it a piece about me? Is it about <laughs> yeah. me? Are they ask for me? <laughs> It's so funny, but there's and he, so like, many good he, lines. He, he, oh, my God. He is terrified that it's about him, but on the other he hand, it's it like he him. wants it to be about him. Right, He's like, some, sure. this, uh, please, someone care about me. Right. And my, no one cares about him. My favorite is when they're all trying to read the New York Magazine story. <laughs> and you know how like you find out that something's in a story and you try to read it and you can't really comprehend it? And everyone there can't read it. Right. Like everyone's like, it doesn't appear to be. Well, are you like, are you like, are you remedial? <laughs> she says, are you remedial? Yeah, Shiv is the only person who's like read and digested it. Everyone else, and Logan's like, why do they make the prince so small? Yeah, that's why you know Shiv is the competent one because yeah. she's the one who can read the article. <laughs> I like that everyone's like, no one sent me the link. Like Google it. What do I Google? Bright star roller coaster rape. Like, <laughs> I'm always the person who's like, where's the link? And everyone's like. Just Google it. We just described it to mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hello, I'm Imi Harper. On the slow newscast from Tortoise, I tell the story of how a Hong Kong billionaire was silenced. I got bombs thrown into my house. I got people came here, ransacked my computer. And I, I got people fractured me. I got this and that, but I'm safe. And what it reveals about the freedoms Hong Kong no longer enjoys. Listen to Hong Kong's Rebel Billionaire on the Slow Newscast, wherever you get your podcasts. What about all their different reactions to the story? So Kendall, which kind of, I guess, surprised me, but then more I thought about it didn't, was like, we need to apologize, we need to fix yeah. stuff. Do you think that was him sublimating his guilt for doing the manslaughter, which I will never let go and neither will he? Like, he needs to say sorry for fucking something. Right. He wasn't able to make amends for that. So maybe he can make amends for this woman drowning as opposed to that dude drowning. That's a lot of depth you're ascribing to I, old I went really deep because I watched this episode twice. So I had a lot to think about. Yeah. And um, But everyone else, like Shiv and Jerry, they're like, no, you just fuck off and move on. It was a long time ago. And then, of course, Roman thinks, like, is this even a big deal? It was just interesting to see everyone's reactions yeah. and think about how companies more generally are, are having to react to these kinds of and, things. And it was yeah. interesting to see, like, the three of them on stage 
all like contradicting each I other. Know. <laughs> um, That's like, what I was trying to say for their when father. they were all like fighting before they went on stage yeah. and like just like totally. Your res- period just came out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see your nipples. Your dick's hanging out. Yeah. So they all they all fight and then they go on stage and they try and put on like a semblance of agreeing with each other. But it like Nan's in the audience. Logan's looking at Nan. Nan's looking at them bickering on stage like seven year olds. And she's like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Even is this family? And I need to mention this because I just discovered I can't remember who had that article about why can't Roman ever sit properly. Oh, I didn't read that. No, um, what? But like, there's there's this wonderful in, um, article on that? the internet somewhere about like how <laughs> Roman is completely incapable of just sitting normally in the chair, which is totally true. There's a whole bunch of places in succession where like there will be a chair and he'll just sit down on the floor in front of the chair really? and that yeah, kind of thing. That's yeah. so interesting. And this was the prime example where he's like up on stage in a very important like this massive scandal has just hit his company and he does a classic Roman like curl up slouchy Jacob yeah. Smog type thing in the chair. And what occurred to me is I used to have a boss who was very short, like five foot two. And what she said to me is that when kids fidget a lot, yeah. it's not because kids are naturally fidgety, which is all, all of us think, but it's because their feet don't touch the yeah. ground. Uh. And if your feet don't touch the ground, it's just really uncomfortable to sit in the chair. And so what you wind up doing is tucking your legs under you, doing weird like slouchy things, putting your legs above you. And so the way that Roman sits is the way that like a five-year-old sits. Okay. Counterpoint. I passed. Kieran and Culkin, can't say it, (laughs) in Soho a week ago, and he's my height, and I can reach the floor. No, 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 I'm not saying, but that's, what I'm saying is that he is now, like, physically big enough for his feet to touch the ground. But it's like, it's a habit. He sits as though he isn't. He Uh, sits in a very childish way. He's the youngest. A literally childish way. Yeah. Babyish way. He's, like, stunted. They're all just stunted. He is the baby, and Jerry feels maternal towards him, and we saw Kendall being sort of, like, when Logan slapped... Him at Roman in the face. It was Kendall got his back up for him and right. was very protective. Like, Kendall do that. Yeah. Screamed at him. There was another moment between Kendall and Roman in this episode where I was like, "Oh, they like each other." When he was like, "What are you going to wear tomorrow?" and Kendall's, "I'm not going to tell you." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, what is this?" <laughs> and they all wear the same stuff anyway. Look at you scanning for influence like a yuppie RoboCop. <sighs> so, what are you rocking for the panel? Jacket or no jacket? Uh, right. Like I'm going to fucking tell you, dude. Fuck off. Okay. Strategic advantage. Fine. But fair warning, I'm thinking of no socking it. Rocking some horny ankle cleavage. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Scary. I'm scared. It should be. Or am I just saying that to psych you out? Everyone should read that piece in The New Yorker from Rachel Syme. Rachel Syme, that was clothing. a great piece. Okay, and so then it, it... Can, can I please ask Taffy? <laughs> yes. This is the single biggest question and why I needed to have Taffy on for this yes. episode. Thank you. Can you please tell us about Jerry's blouse when she's in her room? I mean, why is she so dressed? What is? What even is like, that Like, why blouse? is she wearing a, like equestrian? equestrian wear that's what it felt like <laughs> to me. It was some people have a have a pajama routine. Do you know what I mean? Some people need to wear certain kinds of pajamas. But I don't I don't know the answer to that. But I can ask her because we're now DM friends. 
Wait, oh are you God. talking about her pajamas in the last <laughs> episode when she comes to the door and they have the hand job behind the bathroom? Or the yeah, no, 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 I'm talking about in the most the, the one most we watched. In this one, when he comes, we, where the not... tension is like, is he gonna jerk off somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> Ginormous. Digestive. She was holding, I think, a martini. I think I saw olives. Yeah, she was drinking. She she had a martini. Olives in their martini. They're alone in their hotel room. That kind of room service. I I totally was. But also, also she had a a big. (laughs) There was a huge um, mini bar situation with effing vodka because, of course, yeah. Explain what that placement. means. It just yeah. means that, like, you can make yourself a martini very easily in that room, and they'll have a fully stocked, fully have stocked olives, everything, lemon, whatever you need. Remember when Tom was like, "Do I get the champagne or do I just get the cashews?" I know. Don't worry, so they're the size of boomerangs. They're the size of boomerangs. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I had a Twitter incident yesterday that was Jerry J Smith Cameron DMing me, as we all know, as we all saw. I learned of a line that was cut from the episode. And this so I bring, I bring news. <laughs> I bring news. She ad-libbed something when Roman came. Let me just find it here. It's amazing. This it's is reporting. A big this is for reporting. This recap <laughs> yeah. this is New information. Here is what she says. I had an improv they didn't use. When Roman knocked on my door, in one take, I said, Oh, look, it's the electric douchebag. <laughs> they didn't use it. They didn't Aww. use it. We'll never know improv. why. I know. We'll never know why. I want to know. Now I want to know how much of it is improvised. I always assumed it was all super scripted. I know. But I guess maybe they're just, they're well, different takes. I read that the scene, not from this week, from last week, the the bathroom handjob scene, they, they re- recorded Whoa, it. They shot it. Was it was not a bathroom handjob. Whatever. Yeah. What was a, you know, was, masturbation. Please. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. Please he gave strike himself that a hand from the job. podcast. <laughs> um, but they recorded, they shot it 40 times or something, 30 times in all different kinds of ways before landing on the version we saw. Really? Huh. Yes. So take away Ooh. from that what you will. Interesting. What was the line? Do you need a Do you need a hand job in an Advil? Does anyone remember that line? <laughs> that, yes, I remember that. That was, that, was, that was Logan, right? That was Logan saying. Logan has some. Logan good was lines. saying that to the bad PR guy who who could yeah. Stevens. Would you like a hand job in an Advil? I have it here. Can yeah. we talk about um? Just we're journalists here. Actually, I don't think he's a bad PR guy. He I think he's fine. actually a perfectly competent PR My guy. My question is, terrified, the portrayal though. of New York Magazine's fact-checking, where no one knows what's in the story, that would or never that they run happen. it in a couple of minutes because they're angry? Like, give us just a teaspoon of credit. A teaspoon of credit. <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to finish fact-checking. Like yeah, you tell them exactly what's in the story, how everyone is saying, we don't know what's in the story. Right. What? Right. right. No, that, that's not a thing. That is, not not, that, that is true. For any Very Slate exciting. Money listeners who think there's any verisimilitude <laughs> here between <laughs> between like how investigative journalism actually happens and what how it works on the show, this is not how investigative journalism no. works. It always works on this like no surprises basis where you go up mm-hmm. to everyone and you're like, can we, we're going to go through the whole story very carefully yeah. and ask you for comment and blah, right. blah, blah. But can I just say, I think I think it was a Pressler story. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a Pressler story. I think it get option it gets optioned immediately. Oh my god. Yeah. A girl dying on a boat. I mean that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to like get a, Pressler. Well, I don't know, because pr- she writes great stories and it they wait well, they were biased, but they made it sound like there wasn't much to the story. So Right, she, you're right. Then maybe oh, not. Which leads me to one question yeah. I have. So Logan at some point in the episode tells Marsha a bad story is coming and he hopes that she'll see her, you know, she'll see him in a good light still and yeah, she reassures him. And the story really didn't involve him, is there? 
more to come about Logan? Does he is he like a like a Roger Ailes? Like, is there more going on there? Was he afraid more would come out about him? Did he push the woman off the boat? Is he on and a cruise? Why... You think Logan's on one of his cruises? I don't know. Is he pushing women into the water? I like where you're I going. Know. I, I, I think you're going to be disappointed. I, I look at this. I look at this like this is the episode where we see. I think possibly for the first time, Logan requiring emotional support from the women in his life. Yeah. That he goes up to Marsh, he's like, actually, I need you right now. You're going to be there for me. And she says, yes, I'm going to be there for you. And then immediately after she says that, she, you know, comes in on his arm and and, and lashes out at Shiv on his right. behalf. Mm-hmm. And she is there for him. And then what's super interesting is even after Shiv has done her, you know, disastrous ad lib about dinosaurs, um, when they all go out in into the, you know, into the lion's den of all of these people who wish them nothing but ill, he he says, Siobhan, you're with me. And he puts Siobhan on his arm and he holds onto her for support. Right, like in a feeble way. And that was super interesting, but also that was a direct quote, visual quote, from where you had the opposite dynamic when Rupert Murdoch in the middle of the Hackgate trial in the UK, mm-hmm. very visibly walked out with Rebecca Brooks yeah. on his arm, saying, like, this is my, like, adopted daughter, basically. I completely support her, and we are a team. And he he comes out and gives her the fullest measure of visible support. It was, and visibly, Whoa. because of Rebecca Brooks, of course, was also this redhead right. who, this red, you yeah. know, looks very much like Siobhan season one. So, like, that, Visual echo was like, oh, I see what you're doing there. Oh, I thought it was just him getting cover again from a woman to be like, women don't hate me, even though I have this terrible story in New York Magazine. Women are still Oh, you thought it was tactical? Yeah. Mm, I thought it was actually a genuine emotional. I don't know. I felt like the whole place was, like, it was just like a social anxiety pit. Like, uh, like watching Kendall scan, like a yep. Like a, for like a yuppie Robocop. <laughs> like he, but he was like looking at all of the people that he has had disasters with. I mostly don't go to parties because I'm afraid of like seeing somebody that I may have accidentally like unfollowed and refollowed mm-hmm. on Twitter. Like I, I, I would not be able to last at this place. Mm-hmm. And this is also one of the reasons why it was a huge tactical error for Rhea to invite Nan to Argestes. I know. Nan clearly is uncomfortable in that kind of situation. Nan is comfortable when she's at Turnhaven in charge of everything and in control of everything. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. bring Nan into Argestes, she's like the ninth most important person there and she has no control of everything and she does not like being in that situation. Right. And someone gives her a name tag and she's like, there's no fucking way I'm wearing right. a fucking name tag. And while people like Kendall and even Logan know how to navigate that kind of situation where you're surrounded by a lot of people who are more powerful than yourself and you don't have control, someone like Nan has never needed to. And she feels very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in that environment. And it's one of the reasons why a lot of like inherited wealth chiefs don't go to Davos is because it's exactly the same situation. They're they're not Ah. in control. Wow, that's really right. interesting. Also, um, she is one of those cheap rich people when she sees how much the food costs, <laughs> yeah. the, 75 cob, the $75 cob salad. Yeah. I'll just have tap water. But I think she does that to show that she is still like a person who knows 
the price of a gallon of milk, right? Perhaps. Yeah. Oh, but can no we talk? Knows. Can we talk about the other the other great line when be, between Kendall and Stewie when when Stewie talks about the seventy five dollar Cobb salad and, and and Kendall's like, we're gonna buy something so expensive that you'll never be able to afford us, and Stewie goes, dude, is it Napster? <laughs> Can we talk about the name of this place? Oh, yeah. Like what does Argestes mean? I'm glad you ask. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is the wind that blew the Argonaut ship, and it is a cleansing wind. It is a wind of, wow. of starting over. And I feel like right before you had Turnhaven, like it's it's showing you its arc. Well, what's starting over? I guess Culling like, of the dinosaurs? I guess like the – I mean him chasing a car – like the last frame of that, mm-hmm. him like banging on a car and, and screaming, that's Where like, he's lost all self-control. Right. That's like, this deal is over, right? Right. This deal is just over. And that means that he is vulnerable to take over, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, like the cleansing, it was a cleansing of this deal of the notion that he could win. I don't know. I feel like can, it all can, hangs so, in the balance. Can I talk about yeah. the women thing for a second? Yes. So in the second episode, there's this thing between Shiv and Logan where she's really impatient to come in and be the next CEO. And he tells her he ha- she has to do like years of training. And, he's, and Shiv says something like, is this because of I'm, a, I'm a woman? I'm like, I'm, I'm a minus. And he's like, yeah, you're a minus. I don't make the world. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it turns out it's flipped. Yeah. Because in this episode, it's, it's a, a plus. plus that she's mm-hmm. a woman. He's turned on his heels because of all this Me Too shit and all this New York Magazine story and this other woman pushing him away and he's driving away from him literally. And it and it turns out, yeah, he does not make the world. The world is slipping away from him. And but, also oh, you're only yeah. upset when people call you a dinosaur if you are a dinosaur. Yes. Like if you called me a dinosaur, I'd be like, I'm a dinosaur. That's so silly. <laughs> I would not. not but also, like, this was Shiv's opportunity to come in and show how competent and valuable she was, and she walks out on stage and she just fucks it up. Does she? No, she. I don't won think that. that was a she fuck won out. that. You know, it's it's about being completely unimpeachable, and sometimes companies develop bad habits. And you need fresh eyes, clean hands, and new ideas to address those. Yeah, I mean, that, that's uh, the great thing about a company that's structured like ours. We can do that while retaining core values, you know, manage change. He's good, right? He's, he's great. <laughs> I think I'm a little more aggressive. Sometimes I think you just need a good old-fashioned dinosaur call. And who's the big T-Rex in your sights? Oh, I, no, I mean uh, uh, dinosaur attitudes, dinosaur values. No, I would never go after my dad. That's a sport others enjoy. <laughs> I but feel also, like she'd write that up if I was a journalist yeah. and someone slipped me the news and leaked it to me, yeah. which I assume will happen. I would write it up as like new face of Waystar. Yeah. Royco, is Shiv going to be the next CEO? Is Logan's out? Blah, blah, blah. I, f- I feel her ability to rattle off talking points was maybe even worse than Kendall's, to be honest. Obviously, Roman was the worst. I think she said the right things, but I think she is starting to fray. Like, if you look at her from last year to now, mm-hmm. she she is starting to fray. And this is how I, like, I sensed it the last few episodes. And if you ever, ever, ever needed confirmation, it is how you feel when you have to take a call in a bathroom and you keep 
<laughs> and I've done this. I've taken very important calls in bathrooms where you keep walking by the hand dryer or <laughs> or the, the flush sensor. Uh-huh. And so whoever you're on the phone with just keeps hearing flushing. Oh. And you don't know if you should explain it or not. Mm-hmm. But that is like a desperate, like, why is she in a Starbucks bathroom? Right? Right. Yeah. Well, she had to, she ditched the, um, what, what was she ditching the board meeting to go over something boring oh my god that wonderful um thing with her and frank at the beginning and yeah. he's like i'd like to recite proof rock internally <laughs> while we check we get <laughs> compliant i love that numbs the pain i love numbs that the pain one thing i do need to quickly jump in and mention because the one so we, we need to kind of pretend that this is slate money and there's a little real world echo here which i just wanted to sort of pick up on mm-hmm. which was when jerry is talking to Roman about Edward, the billionaire who... Mm-hmm. Big Roman... fan of his money. <laughs> oh, my God, that great oh line from Greg. I'm God. such a big fan of your money. I know. Oh, my God, Greg. But she she turns to Roman and says, he's apparently conceptualizing a 300-year investing horizon. And, Emily, you know who that is, right? It's supposed to be MBS, right? Well, no, it's... Yeah. It's a little bit MBS, but he's, you know, Azerbaijani. But the 300-year investing horizon, that's Massasson. Oh, SoftBank. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was Saudi money. But uh, he talks about things going on in Baku, so it has Mm -hmm. to be Azerbaijan, right? Uh, (laughs) Can we go back to good lines from the show? Okay, favorite line. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. Taffy, what's your favorite line? Um, my, wait, wait. I Also, from that scene, I really love, like, real, st- I, I love him. 100% independence, but from our point of view. I just <laughs> love that. I, I, that, was, that was an echo of the magazine that the um, the National Enquirer media company did for Saudi Arabia. They created oh, a they whole did? magazine I for didn't them. But, but also, it's, yes. it's, it's Russia Today. Yes. You know, it's yeah. our, he wants his version of RT, basically. Yeah, or that Saudi Arabian or he wants to turn, magazine. He wants to turn ATN into RT. My favorite lines okay. were innocuous, but I think when Tom is talking about we're listening, and he goes, it tested great. And Roy goes, <laughs> it tested fine. <laughs> I just love that. And I also loved, um, I loved, who shouted horse potatoes? Was that Nan? Yeah, that was Nan. Horse potatoes. Horse potatoes. Yeah. Um, And when Shiv called Kendall and Roman the two cover stars of Toxic Male Monthly. (laughs) Accurate. That's good. 
I like that. I like the chemistry between Stewie and Kendall because they're broken up now and they're mad at yeah. each other, but yeah. they still have the glint in their eyes. Everyone, when they're kibitzing on this show, they just are really into each yeah. other. So Stu says to him, I hear your staff are all killing themselves now. <laughs> and then Kendall's like, yeah, the thought you could be their boss. And it was like, boom, boom. Boom, boom. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, they're all so much better than the like comedians lines. Oh, right. The, we didn't even talk about the comedian. The comedian is so weird. <laughs> the comedian is like just there to be like this soft, awful, like, like it's like supposed to be a roast. Yeah. But it's, it's like permission just... to never fucking board. Never... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. That, does that have a real life corollary, Felix? Uh, so Sun Valley, they do bring in like comedians and Charlie Rose to like, you know, be the <gasps> entertainment. <sighs> it's funny because it's true. Felix is fully briefed. <laughs> um, I think I think my favorite line respectfully. <laughs> I, I, I have never been to Sun Valley. I will never go to Sun Valley. The one thing that you learn about Sun Valley when you're a media reporter or in the circles of media reporters is that like either you're Charlie Rose and you actually get invited there as a participant which is like yeah. one or two people, or they just place you in a pen, basically. And it's just the most miserable. All you can uh, do is, is, is like take photographs yeah. from miles away and like not even be allowed to shout questions at people. And it's right. just miserable. They wouldn't let you on the Airbus culture hike, Felix. Right. <laughs> the culture hike, by the way, that is Aspen Ideas. Oh, see, I, I know yeah, things. Okay. Thank you. Uh, although that, there was that great line from 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 Rhea to Logan, where she's like, "It's a culture hike." Although I don't think you have any interest in either of those two things. Oh, <laughs> <Right. laughs> that's very funny. But Wamsgans, he loved the culture he, hike. He it's loved great, because, great job getting me on this. Was he saying something about veal tits? He, he's like, no, I know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> it was something about tits, but I don't think veal was the word. Maybe. He, he, what do I know? Tom. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, pr- problem. Uh, hey. You're not picking up? Dude, this sorry, is sorry. a great group. You did good. It's like I've fallen into a barrel of veal tips. Yeah. <laughs> he's like um, so enthusiastic oh, and so like is. happy to be there. That's I what get I love to hang out him. with rich and important people yeah, and, they, and they get to pretend that I'm important. Yeah. You know what I loved? The other line I loved from Logan when they're when they're reading the magazine story and they're talking about all the people who are trying to, you know, get in the way. He goes, they don't give a flying fuck for these poor bitches. Yes. <laughs> Shiv exactly. just looks like, what did he just say? It's these all about poor me. poor bitches. I love it. My favorite line, I think, the first ever time that my favorite line comes from Greg when he's desperately trying to brainstorm a new, like, slogan with Tom, and he goes, it's good because it's not clear exactly yeah. what it means. <laughs> Which is what you imagine gets said all the time yeah. in corporate America, given the slogans that are coming out Exactly. Of like, hey, you can't really <laughs> corner us on this one because it doesn't mean anything. So, okay, my question is, what happens now? Mm-hmm. And specifically, does Rhea join Waystar Royco as the heir apparent to Logan? <gasps> no. Now that you say it. Maybe. I, <laughs> yes. What? What? No. Oh, because think about it. Just think about it. Does the deal still happen? Does no. Shiv's- no. No, the deal is She off. is now the heir. She's just, he brings in someone outside the family. Nah. Because he hates his family I think so the much. deal still happens somehow. I think Shiv becomes 
gets pushed into power or is named the successor as like a consolation prize. And Nan Pierce comes back to the table because it's so much money. No one else is going to pay that much money for a media company in 2019. But as she said, my family will be fine. Like they don't actually need $25 billion. Or does Nan couple up with Sandy Furness? Because oh. syphilis, it can just be cured, right? <laughs> Penicillin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he got it at that party? <laughs> yes. I like, a lo- I like a long game story that stretches over seasons. <laughs> I forgot about the party. Of course That's, he got it at the party. Of course he got it at the party. Wait, which party? Remember like the, the sex party. The it was the bachelor. Party. It was supposed to be. Tom's bachelor party. Yes. Where he meets. Was Sandy there? Yeah. They were in like they a back a secret room. meeting. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I love that guy. He he used to be on One Life to Live. And when I was at my first job at Soap Opera Weekly, I once got to ask him a few questions. Oh. Roundup questions. You know, oh, like, what's your players. cure for a broken heart? Stuff like that. He's nice. So can, can you ask <laughs> Jerry what her cure is for a broken heart? I, can Nabby I just say that she is like her... She can just, like, eat up the room when she's in there, like, just blinking. Mm-hmm. Imagine being able to have that kind of power as, like, a person. Although, like, the the power of It's also Nan. crazy that the in-house counsel is a woman there. Like, that's crazy to me. Is it? Where are the other women? Well, Sid Peach, baby. Yeah, but that's news. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's news. There was this great, I mean, talking about powerful women, there's this amazing moment when they're at the breakfast table and Nance clearly has no interest or desire or inclination to sign anything. And Rhea turns, she goes, Nan, is there not a way we could sign the LOI at least? And And Nan just kind of looks at her and narrows her eyes and she's like, okay, you are not on my team anymore. And that's yeah. when she starts looking into her, yeah. finding out that they had private meetings. But did we know about that meeting on the 13th? Or was that when she went to One Chase Plaza? I don't know. The secret, when the, the day when, of the You know, when, when she drives in on, into the underground thing and it's the, the suicide. Safe, um, right. Maybe. Maybe. Because that seems super secret because of how she was. But Nan would have known because well, she has to come back and say, guess what? There's an offer on the table. Mm. So the, that's the big question, I guess. I don't think that's the big question, what happens to Rhea. I don't think that matters. All that matters is Logan Roy and who will be do you, the successor. Do you, do you really think that this is the last we've seen of Holly Hunter? I feel like you hire no, Holly Hunter, she's going to hang out. She's not in, a, he, she's not in your th- four-episode arc. <laughs> no, she, I, this is what I think happens. I think that he brings her on. Everyone is so alienated from it. But it ends up he screws her the hardest. Just like Lawrence, who was also there oh. at Argentis. He's the vaulter. Oh, oh, Lawrence. I wish we had seen one interaction. Yeah, because why like, not one little bar one between little, them? Yeah, or one the, little like... Like the, the season one arc of Lawrence was super interesting. And then season two, he kind of came and went super quickly. And he just I don't understand seen... why Lawrence is still invited there. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Lawrence he's over. done. He is over. Mm-hmm. And so is this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We will be back next week, I promise, with even more amazing special guests. Episode 7, stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Sleep Money Succession.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.